butt already. Yeah, it doesn't take much. This, this podcasting is, is tough business. You got to wear that new cologne that I got. The, new the ambassador? ambassador. Yeah. I didn't take the cracking guard out today. I'm going to take a chisel to the spine. <laughs> These pretzels are making me thirsty. Yeah, indeed. So we're here again, Rich, right? Ready to start yeah, set, it, set it off. Hey, everybody. This is our fifth podcast. I want to wish you all a good day. Hope you guys are having fun out there. Wanted to shout out to, uh, to make two shout outs today. One to my friend Mark, who's so enamored by our podcast. Uh, his birthday was this past Sunday. The oh, happy birthday, Mark. And the other one I want to shout out to our sponsors. Uh, I still haven't gotten any shirts yet. <laughs> Extra large, too large. Come on, guys. You better get in on, on it quick because we get to the point where we're not going to want to take sponsors because we've got too many. They're probably in the mail. USPS is pretty messed up right now. Okay, then I take that back. I'll wait. Yeah. So, here we are, the fifth podcast, and we're going to start again as we usually start with the introduction to the beer of the week. All right. And today's uh, choice, or today's person who's picking it, is uh, Robert. Yeah. Her own need. Let's see what you got. Open up the paper bag, and uh, we'll hand them out. Ah. What do we got? Well, Allagash White, Ooh. Belgian style wheat beer. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you why. I, I never had this, and that's part of the reason I picked it. Um, the biggest reason I picked it was uh, it's a Belgian style wheat beer. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was a much younger man, I was uh, backpacking through Europe, and while I was in uh, Belgium, I stopped in Bruges, and I was there for about a week or so, and you know, living at the hostel and all that stuff. And I'd learned that uh, all of these towns, cities, everybody had their own brewery, and they took a lot of pride in their in their beer. And that's where I first had a Belgian-style wheat beer, and I liked it a lot. So I hope this, is, uh, hope this lives up to it. This would look good on shirts. <laughs> <laughs> I've had this before. This is a good beer. It's been a long time, yeah. though. Uh, Just I think, tell it, I think you it's brewed Allega- up in Maine. Yeah. Just you Allagashes. Make Brewed shirts. and bottled in Portland, Maine. Well, cheers, gentlemen. Cheers. Follow. <sighs> Rouse your yeast. Pour Allagash white slowly, saving last inch of liquid in the bottle. Pour remaining yeast in bottle and pour into glass. I should have. Uh, That's not pretty drank good. That. That's pretty good. Not bad. Yeah. Cool. Is the yeast going to make me crazy if it's on the bottom? <laughs> good. We can't make any guarantees. Exactly. Not outside the I realm of possibility. To go uh, any more crazy. <laughs> there you go. Well, here's another shout out to the week to our, our friend Owlhead for tipping us off to uh, this uh, line bore machine we picked up this week, uh, the Red Baron. It's made by Ganimat in yep. uh, Germany or Austria. 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 And it's, yeah. uh, it's what we were looking for uh, a nice little line bore machine, not to go crazy with. All the holes for shelves and all that. We want to space them out a little bit differently so it doesn't look like there's a thousand holes in the side of a cabinet. That's so, a hinge uh, boring too. Yes, it yeah. does hinge boring. Yeah, we're and on the so hunt. thank you very much, Owlhead. Yeah, we're on the hunt, as a matter of fact, for the. It has the hinge boring set up now, but it will take a seven spindle line boring. So we're we're looking for that. You don't have shirts yet, do you, Owlhead? 
Just asking. You'd, you'd think Rich would come to work without a shirt on. <laughs> yeah. No sleeves, though. Make sure it has no <laughs> I sleeves. I can cut those off. Don't worry about it. Yeah. So thank you for that. Yeah. So actually, we were, uh, yesterday, we took a trip out to Robbinsville um, to a, a, a pre auction viewing, I guess you would call it. Of, yeah. Inspection. Uh, yeah. A pre auction inspection. There's a, um, actually an exhibit and set building company called Jack Morton that's going out of business. And they're selling the contents of this hundred and fifty thousand square foot, you know, warehouse where they make they make sets for um, college game day, all kinds of TV shows, stuff like that. So they actually have two of these machines, and we're uh, looking at maybe fingers crossed. Yeah, grab the one that has the line boring attachment because it's not a cheap accessory. So any of you guys, you didn't hear us mention that name, so yeah, don't, uh, don't go on. It. They'll go on and bid on those machines. Yeah. You bid us up, we'll come looking for you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is, there's some good <laughs> stuff, though. So if you're in New Jersey or Pennsylvania, tri-state area, I would check it out because there's some stuff that's real cheap. Oh, yeah. If you're in the market for a Unisaw or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, they had four, they had four table saws. Yeah, there. about four table saws. Drill press. Drill presses. I mean, full. No, nobody wants a drill press. Big no. time CNCs. A lot of hand routers and things like that. Yeah. Tables full of them. An entire table of extension cords. Yeah. <laughs> for 50 bucks right now. Yeah. I, there might be a thousand pieces on that table. Yeah. Yeah. It was cool, though. Nice to finally see uh, an auction. You know, we look at them online pretty often, but usually they're in the Midwest or, or Pennsylvania, New York. Um, not a lot of manufacturing in this, in New Jersey in general, I guess. Not woodworking type manufacturing. So to be able to actually go see one was a yeah. was a nice opportunity. Plus, it was a road trip. Yeah, yeah. some trailers. They had uh, exercise equipment. Believe it or not. Yeah, yeah. It was a nice company. I mean, they had exercise equipment there because the the folks at the company got to work out and play games, shoot hoops, throw the ball around yeah. inside the warehouse. It was so big. Yeah. Good. Good. So right. that that takes us now to uh, the tool of the week. And it's uh, Jeffrey's turn to uh, pick out the tool. All right. So I had a little difficulty trying to decide what I wanted to do. But this week I chose my 9mm Ulfa knife, little snap-off knife uh, made in Japan. Nice and small. I like to use it as a marking knife because it's so thin. And uh, when it's dull, I just snap the tip off and yeah. I have a fresh one right there. Uh, it's long, so you can use it to scrape stuff. You know, it stays flush to the work. Doesn't take up a lot of space in the apron. It's light. You know, if people aren't watching, is there anything you could do to describe it that differentiates it from, like, a regular kind of folding knife that we might carry? Yeah, so in terms of size, it's only 3 eighths inch wide. It's probably three sixteenths of an inch thick and probably five inches long. So versus a regular utility knife, it's much, much smaller. Yeah, it's yeah. M and it weighs very little, you know, I'd say less than an ounce. Um, and anybody that's not familiar with this snap off style of blade. Yeah. So this is a, a blade with probably 15, 20 segments. And when your tip is, is dull, you just snap the tip off, you know, it's divided into about quarter inch sections. And you have a fresh tip, so, you know, in the palm of your hand, you have a really light, compact, well-made, made in Japan. You know, this is, uh, I don't know if it's steel or aluminum, but it's all metal except for the little clip, you know, that you push on is made out of plastic. 
I've had this going for a couple of years. It's great. Yeah, it's very handy. I, I don't feel the need to have a a big utility knife in the shop. Yeah. That's more of a a sight tool for me, cutting shims, stuff like that. But for the shop, this is great. Opening up boxes. <laughs> that's about that's all. yeah, I mean, really use it for that a lot. I know. Lot lot of boxes involved in, in yeah. running the business. It's crazy. Even um cutting we don't work with edge banding a whole lot, but I had to make a little something for my own house yesterday and trimming <laughs> the edge banding. I use that. It's good for cutting tape. I mean, it's, it's a, you use it more than you would think. Right. Yeah. So I like it. It's cheap, small, works well. I, I like it too. And in fact, after seeing that, you converted me to a similar tool mm -hmm. because I, for the longest time, used the Milwaukee, which was sort of that switchblade kind of action yeah, utility yeah. knife. And they call that a, a lifetime tool because, you know, it's all steel and yeah, everything. Yeah. But, um, it, and I used to love the one hand action of flipping it open and, and you get used to that, but it is a little bulky. Mm -hmm. And I think I prefer the snap off style of, of blade, you know, instead of, replacing that whole blade you're really using the tip more than than the 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 meat of the blade on in this instance mm -hmm. so i have an ulfa as well it's a little bit bigger but not much and it's got like yeah. a plastic surround over the metal same size blade just yeah. a, a yeah. uh more something to hold on yeah to ergonomic type handle yeah yeah what i like about this is you know if you have to cut um kaizen foam or something like yeah. that we find ourselves cutting um, some thicker things that are still soft, uh, batting for, you know, we do the upholstery for, yep. for the stuff in the church, stuff like that. You can, I mean, you can, with a fresh blade, you can extend this blade about four or five inches. So you yep. can get a really deep and pretty straight cut with, uh, with this yeah. knife. Yeah. Shout out to all for there. Yeah. We have, um, I mean, I have one in my truck, a one <laughs> inch. Like most, we have too many of like them. Like tape, yeah, tape measures and knives and pencils. There's, we have a lot of those. So, <laughs> an embarrassing amount of stuff we yeah. won't admit to having. I think the model this. Is, so actually, I see now it says stainless steel. So it's all stainless steel, aside from the little clip. And I think the model is a S nine. I want to say, maybe for stainless. Yeah, but about ten fifteen bucks. Yeah, they're, they're cheap. Yeah, they really are. I mean, inexpensive. I'm gonna say not cheap. No, yeah, well made. So check it out. What do you think, Rich? This is the first time I'm hearing about these blades. Uh, I don't have one. Where you been? I guess I've been <laughs> I've been locked away because I never knew you guys use these kind of blades. See, I'm not. I'm, my my bench is over there, not over here. On the other side. These of the two guys are over here. I'm on the other side of the tracks. <laughs> Me and Jeff. Are so bench I don't even have one of those. <laughs> So now I'm jealous. What kind of knife do you have? I got the old Stanley. You keep it in your oh, apron? Oh, God. I keep it in my apron, yes, the yeah. big one. That's the way I am, I man. Do think well, I have, a Stanley, I have a Stanley that I keep in the truck for install. It's a Stanley Titan, which has a, it actually is a, you know, it's in a, uh, what do they call it, a retractable knife. It's not yeah. a fixed blade, but it has a brass wheel where you can actually tighten down the blade and lock it, so... You know, I with had, a utility knife, like yeah. if you're cutting, like, let's say, drywall, yes. the blade can actually get pushed back into the knife. With this, you cannot push it back into the knife. Yeah, yeah. I have to get one. I have yeah. to ask my wife if I can buy one yeah. to borrow money from her pension. Use up yeah. the allowance? Yeah, she gives me an allowance. 
<laughs> it's very strict too. <laughs> and by Thursdays, it's usually gone. Yeah, no, and I can't buy the knife, even though it's only a fifteen dollar knife. I can't buy it. It is always next week. Maybe I'll get maybe I'll get it for my birthday, or Christmas, or Halloween. No, but it's a knife. It's a good knife. Uh, we went. We were at the trade show, the KBS, uh, a KBI, KBIS show. Yeah. In Vegas, and uh, we met up with the people that. Uh, mm -hmm. Well, yeah, they were supposed to send free knives. I got yeah, one, didn't. but you guys didn't, so no. I'm not yeah. sure what happened. And it took about three months. Oh, uh, yeah, they said because of COVID, the supply chain. Whatever. Maybe my gloves are still going to come. Those yeah. extra, yeah, those gloves. Like the lady yeah. said, she was going to give me for free. Yeah. That helped my my uh, arthritis and all. Yeah, I guess I'm not getting that either for no. Christmas. And my kayak. <laughs> That's it. That's another, That's another story. story. <laughs> for another podcast. We should talk about that though on a podcast That's about true. KBIS and. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the adventures we had yeah yeah but you know what it's a good, it's a good tool uh, yeah I, i'm gonna get one when I, I remember to get one a plus all right what's up next <laughs> well Rich? we come to uh the pretty gripe of the week oh, and yeah. again you notice i don't have any gripes yeah this is my department <laughs> um but i mean this is almost i mean the other week we had uh a not so Gripey gripe when we're talking about fall and how well we all love fall. That was two everything. weeks ago. Last yeah. week was the Veritas mini square. Yeah, that was a good gripe. I'm still griping about that. Yeah. And this one's not quite so petty. I think there's going to be a lot of people that hear this and they're going to go, yeah, you're right. Yep. So my petty gripe of the week, and it'll probably be for next week and the week after, even though I won't talk about it, are Brad Nailers and especially the 23 gauge pin nailer that don't have a dry fire lockout. So uh, you want to explain to that to the audience yeah, what that like means? When there's when there's no more brads, <laughs> no more little pins inside the magazine, when you have a lockout, it won't fire. And if you if it uh you know you're out of pins and you just keep shooting and those little brads, they're tiny. You don't even know if they're going in until you try <laughs> moving the thing you think you're fascinating. Yeah, I think we've all sort of stitched something up and then went to move the piece and then the piece you were you thought you were nailing just sort of falls off because yeah. there were no no nails. I, I'd like to know really why so many, because I think it's more common than not that they don't have this, that, that the guns will just keep firing forever. Yeah, and it's hit or miss with manufacturers because I've had you know, Hitachi nailers that have it and ones that don't, and Bostitch nailers that have it and ones that don't. Yeah. Uh, my Grex, I think, does have it. Yeah, I, I think you're right, if I remember. Like, we saw the ad for those new Metabos, Yep. and they advertise that they have it, which it's a it's a great, great feature. I, I wonder how much it costs to add this feature, because it it's probably boils down to the cost of, of putting this piece in. Right. You agree with us? Oh, I agree. I agree. I think that's a good good idea. I've gone through that many times. Even though I have the, they have that little window on the bottom of the the nailers that you can see where the bra how many brads you got. It's yeah. getting close to the end, but you're not really paying attention. And I've done that a couple of times where I pinned about five pins and didn't realize only one came out and the rest of them were right. was the rest of them was empty. You're not always like on your bench no. and you know getting able to peer around to it. You might be going up overhead, putting on molding or something. And, and you don't want to think about that. Yeah. You're thinking about what you're doing. I don't want to have to think about how many nails are left in the nailer and predicting, right. okay, it's going to be empty. Yeah. I remember as a finished carpenter running baseboard, 
And you know, you mark out your studs or you're pulling sixteens, whatever. And you would you would pop in two nails and the piece would still be loose. Say, oh shit, I must have missed a stud. Throw in a couple more. And next thing you know, you have ten holes That's right. in a three inch space. It does make a dent in yeah, the wood. You're going in either yeah, because the firing pin is just yeah. going through and sticking into the wood. So in a three inch area, you have all these holes and it come to find out you don't yeah. have any nails. That's why it's not sticking to the wall. Yeah, I I'll tell you what, I'm gonna add on to this gripe. Now we have a few porter cable guns, right? They're real finicky about how many nails you can put in there. So you'll Oh the pin the pin nail you're talking about. The pin nail yeah. and the 18 gauge. So you'll try and like load it up right before it runs out. We don't so have an 18 gauge porter cable. Yeah, we do. No. Oh no. yeah, we oh we got rid of them. Uh, we got yeah. And... Yeah, because we got the boss stitch yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, take this porter cable. That's why we got rid of you. You, we try and circumvent this whole thing where we would load up the magazine before it ran out, but it, like it only takes a certain amount. You can't I, overfill isn't the right term, but you it'll really only take that full flip and maybe two other extra brads. Yeah. So it's it's you got to break off, you know, and the then run. you put in all these little broken pieces and they fold up on top yeah, of each other when yeah. you try and slide the magazine. Closed. They're the worst. Yeah. They're the worst. All right. I think that's but that was, enough, that was a good enough gripe. Man. Yeah, that was a good gripe. I like that. Yeah, we've been talking about that for a long time. Yeah. It just make them with the dry fire lockout. Come on. Yeah, why not? Why not? What's it cost? Pay the extra 10 bucks. I would be curious to know how much it actually costs the company because I would bet that, uh, you know, consumers like ourselves, users, would pay double whatever it costs them, you know, because if it's a few dollars, we would easily pay $10 right. for it. And if it's a pro tool, well, it should have it, yeah, as far as I'm yeah. concerned. Um, you know, listeners, let us know how you feel. Yeah. What gun do you have, and what does it have a dry fire? Yeah. Well, and do you do the old-fashioned way? You hammer and nail. Yeah. <laughs> now, the guy I used to work for, we would uh, nail everything off with a pneumatic nailer. We went back, and we hand-nailed everything. Yeah. After the fact. That's the, that's the good way. So crown molding every yeah. every piece of framing with a three inch finish and then nail. you got to set all those nails yeah and hope you don't miss Ooh, <laughs> yeah that's painful baseboard it was rough but they stick to the wall yeah and it's a good foundation for learning you know how to do things the right oh way. yeah yeah not a good way to make money but <laughs> well we can't have everything that's true <laughs> what, what do we got next well now we have the topic of the week. And you know, it's funny. We were, we were discussing this yesterday. We were trying to come up with a good idea. And uh, it took us a while. But this is a really good topic I think people would appreciate. And it is, uh, if you could use only one species, what would it be? Or what's your favorite species to use as a hardwood, softwood, uh, when you're working, when you're building things? I mean, what would be some of the reasons you'd pick a specific yeah. word, Rich. Me, yeah. I, I personally, I go with uh, corded white oak. I, I love the craftsman era. Uh, I love the style. I love the look of of the white oak with all the flex and the raising it. And it's it's a little bit difficult to work with as far as splintering and all that. But I just think it's a beautiful a beautiful piece of furniture, a piece of wood to work with. I love the more the more figure to it the better and that's why i love it i just love that whole i mean worked on the uh the church 
stuff that we did was all corded white oak. So it was a pleasure. Yeah. I yeah. like the smell of yeah. it too. Like, as yeah. freaky as that sounds. <laughs> Gets a, fu- a funky smell. So. Yeah. yeah. You know the difference between cutting white oak and cutting red oak. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you we- know, there's some guys out there that are picking MDF right now. <laughs> it doesn't no, count. No, there's a guy. Yeah. There's a guy. Not that Tom. Not that fictitious Tom character. In, in the in the air quotes. Tom in air quotes. Isn't it made of a lot of different woods? Yeah. Yeah, yeah a whole slew of different woods. Yeah. Well, what do you what about you, Rob? What are you what are you picking? I, I'm gonna pick mahogany okay. and um like the old growth kind of mahogany that we really can't get much anymore. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm only experience with it because I happened to get a few slabs from an old woodworker who gifted them to me of all things. And you know, it's for those that don't know the mahogany that uh, is used in all the furniture from the 1800s and such. Most of that stuff was all cut up and used because it was such a pleasure to work with. And it was really, really nice to make furniture from. And they, they decimated the forests. Yep. So, uh, nowadays we have all these substitutes, but he gave me these two short, maybe about uh, five, six foot, twenty inch wide. Wow! Yeah, yeah, and about two, two and a quarter inch thick slabs of mahogany, and I wound up making uh, a a base for a friend of mine. And the guitar that I play most often, that's all real mahogany, uh, and it, it was just so luxurious. Uh, and easy to work, and um, you know, I didn't get to be too choosy about picking the grain and everything. I had to use every mm-hmm. inch of the wood that I could, um, you know, especially because the bodies have these odd shapes to them. But uh, if I could get my hands on it, that would be my choice. I I wouldn't want to be irresponsible about it as far as you know the ecology goes. So, but if it was available, that would be my choice. I think I did see something about mahogany starting to come back out of Honduras. Wow. Ooh, that's pretty interesting. I yeah. never knew that. I, I know it's been banned. Even African mahogany, you can't really get. Yeah. Now that now you the, the species they're selling is uh Supili. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've never used African mahogany. Um I know our supplier does sell it, but we you know, it's we tend similar, to buy it. It's very similar to mahogany. Yeah. It's, it's got a I think a more pinkish color. Yeah. It's a little harder too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we use a lot of Sapili, which is has a similar look. I'd say a little darker and definitely mm-hmm. much harder. Yeah, which is it's nice to work with. You know, I could see mahogany for the workability because it is pretty soft. Yeah, and it doesn't tear out a lot. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's which just, Sapili will. <laughs> yeah. Yes, even so with spiral with tools. Yeah, even yeah. spiral heads on the planer and the joiner, the Sapili will. Yeah, will tear out. The grain reverses all over the place too. Yeah. What about you? Well, you'll ask. I think I'm going with cherry. Yeah. Eastern, you can't go wrong with cherry. Yeah, Eastern black cherry. Uh, it's, cheap, it's cheap. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's easy to work with. Didn't used to be so cheap. Yeah. Oh, no. It was very expensive. That's another KBIS story. We hear from a uh, lumber supplier there that the reason cherry prices fell so quickly and so drastically was because, you know, the Chinese cabinet manufacturers stopped buying it. Yep. Because ch- uh, cherry really fell out of style in the U.S. We have clients all the time that say, because we, we like to use cherry. Yeah. So we offer it to our clients a lot. And they say, oh, I don't like cherry. <laughs> but everyone's only seen. <laughs> they don't know what it is. You know, that pink 
pinkish red cherry kitchen. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't. It doesn't look. Like, I'm sitting on a cherry stool right now. It doesn't look anything like that. Yeah. No. It's you know a, a nice honey brown, and it has streaks of of darker brown and pink and gray. I mean, it's really nice you know, stuff. Most of the time, they've been sold something that might be maple. It might not even be a native species. It might be sort of like one of those Asian weed trees. Yeah. With this reddish stain on yeah, it's it. It's the spray stain. They yeah. spray and it on. This is what most consumers have been led to believe is cherry. Yeah, and we see the same thing with walnut and mahogany where if you use a walnut stain, you yeah. can call it walnut. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I see it a lot on like sort of Facebook marketplace kind of things where people are refinishing furniture. You know, they say, "Oh, walnut yeah. bookcase." That's but really not it's, deceptive. Yeah, it's a it, and but it, it's cuz they don't even know. You know, it's like a pine bookcase that someone stained with minwax walnut, so they call it walnut. Is there a species called golden oak? <laughs> there might be. I think it, it died out in the early 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. It got, got eradicated. It's Thanks. all over the place. Yeah. That's a, <laughs> that's a new old stock. Yeah. So uh, you're, you're, it's up to you guys. What do you like to work with? Pine, poplar, basswood? You finished the cherry? Sorry, I mean, I just kind of cut you off there. No, yeah, I mean... It's great. It's easy to work. It's it's hard, but it's not too hard. Um, everything we get tends to have some nice curl in it. Usually, mm-hmm. some cat's paws, which are little little sections of knots. Where if you ever seen a patch of little leaves sprouting out of the side of a tree, you'll get a something called a cat's paw underneath, which is like a little. It's hard to explain. Look it up. They call it um, in England. They call it pippy. <laughs> There's pippy oak. Pippy cherry. Yeah. It's a really nice, nice feature on the wood. So, yeah, I like cherry. Cost effective, beautiful, native, you know, to our area. Yeah. So, that'd definitely be my second choice. Yeah. But I like white oak a lot too. Ordered white oak. Yeah, not me. <laughs> I haven't really worked with mahogany. So, I have too many three inch long white oak splinter yeah, stories. That's true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> See, that's another story. <laughs> so Peely's really nice too, though. I, I like Peely yeah, a lot. Yeah. I like it when we got it uh, quartered. The Peely. Yeah, yeah, that's it's what got all the this straight is. grain. If yeah. you get regular Peely, it gets it yeah. get really crazy yeah, grain yeah. to it. We have a big barn door sitting right here. Actually, my laptop that's the camera and the uh, audio is going to. We have a forty-one by ninety inch right now barn door that's uh, dry fit. Yeah, well, maybe down a little bit. Yeah, nice. You know, it's like an inch and seven sixteenths thick right now. So, all right, good. Now we move on to the view question of the week, and uh, I'll leave that up to uh, Jeff to ask the questions. Yeah, so we got uh, we got here four or five good questions this week. Uh, so we'll get it started. Um, this is from Tanner Hutchins, who is Tanner Hutchins fourteen on Instagram. He says, "I'm new to woodworking. What tools would you recommend to get started?" Rich. Uh, Become an electrician. <laughs> it pays better. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they have a union. Yeah. It, 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 Woodworking's a tough, tough business. Uh, you gotta love. You gotta love to do it uh, if you well, want to pursue it. What but if as you want to just be a hobbyist? You want to? If you're a hobbyist, then pick up a a, a table saw, a bandsaw, a scroll saw, things like that to do hobby work, and then you can go on later on. Pick up a joiner and a planer. 
You can get those portable planers that are really not that expensive. You can get one for about 300 bucks. Yeah. That'll handle most of your work. The table saw, you can get a nice little job site table saw. I might have trouble cutting some hardwoods, but for start out, it's good. But you know what? You can pick up, a lot of people are selling unisaws now, and you can get one pretty cheap. They're not really that expensive anymore. No. So you can get up. You can pick up a used. And table we have saw. a Unisaw here in the shop. Yeah. yeah, I mean a lot of pro shops use them. Oh yeah, yeah. That was the gold standard for a long time. Yep, yep. And a couple of good sanders because you need sanders, a, a router. Router. If you want to keep changing bits, you just get the one router that has the different collets, the half inch and the quarter inch collet. And if you grow from there, if you're doing jobs, you know what? Add on. Add that onto the job. Next job you do, say. I want to pick up another tool, so add a little bit onto the job so you can pick up another tool. Yeah. That's how I did it. I think we all start yeah. that way, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to add on to what Rich said and say you can't have enough clamps. Um, I was just thinking that. Yeah. If, if you're watching and not listening, behind us is the, the wall where we have all our clamps, at least most of them. And we are fortunate enough to have... A lot of you know Bessie parallel clamps because that's what we invested in. That they're probably you know best bang for the buck as far as um, a parallel clamp. Yeah. Um, and you can't have too many. It's a it's a tried and true saying. But you're gonna need to have clamps to hold your things together. And as we all started out individually, clamps are always gonna be your third, fourth, and fifth hand. And um, yeah, use them more. For more than just clamping boards together. Oh, yeah. It, and the other thing for your question, we'd probably want to have a couple of more uh, bits of information to give you the best answer we could because yeah. we don't know what your goals are, uh, what your space is. I mean, maybe you live in an apartment in a city. Uh, maybe you want to, you know, concentrate on hand tools. What your budget is. Yeah, yeah. There's what all you want to make. There's all sorts of things. And... The, the good news is no matter what your situation, there's a solution for it and mm -hmm. a way to get started and build skills. So thanks for uh, joining us in the, in the craft. Good luck. If you have more questions, we're here. Yeah. I'd say uh, something that's cheap and really, I, I bought it as a finished carpenter, but something that really changed um, a lot of what I did was the Gikucho 372. That's a <laughs> you G better explain yeah. that. <laughs> G Y O K U C H O three seventy two. It's a you know Japanese pull saw. Uh, what they I think they refer to as their dovetail saw. So it'll cross cut. It'll rip. Uh, has super fine teeth. Very thin blade. I used to use it to cut shoe molding and stuff like that yeah. on punch lists where you know you don't want to break out the chop saw. So as a hobby, as a not even necessarily a hobbyist, but somebody that's just getting into woodworking. You can do a lot with a saw like oh, that. Yeah. Um, explain to folks what the difference is between the Japanese and the American handsaw. Uh, well, the main difference is that a Japanese saw cuts on the pull stroke and a Western saw cuts on the push stroke. So when you're pulling a saw through the, through the work, the blade wants to self-straighten, uh, which they say will help you cut a straighter line. Yeah, because cutting to a line is a fundamental skill that you know we all should have. Yeah, and even... If you're a power tool woodworker, there's going to be a time where <laughs> that's right. you're going to have to cut something and by hand. Also, maybe, again, for somebody who's just starting out, you might not even be aware of the difference in the 
the physical layout, the appearance of the tool between a handsaw where in America we're thinking this D handle and this big piece of steel on the end of it. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, a Japanese saw is made to be used with two hands, has a long handle, uh, rectangular blade. Yeah. It is a back saw, so it has a spine. Um, so it's long and thin compared to, you know. Like, yeah, I mean, it's here. So probably, I don't know, 28 inches long, has a 10 inch blade. Really, really thin too. The and they're blade. cheap. Yeah. This is probably a $40 saw. Replaceable blade, so you just back this screw out, blade comes out, you put a new one in. They're not made to be resharpened. And super, super fine teeth. Yeah. So good for all kinds of uh, cross cuts and rip cuts. Yeah, they make a whole variety of saws, you know, yeah. for doing. Yep. Yeah, I got a couple back here. Yeah. That's a good answer. There's a whole world of tools out there to explore if you get into that stuff. Yeah. I'd say table saw is, um, if you're going to go power tool woodworking, invest in a good table saw. Find something used that's good because yeah. you'll be spending okay. a lot of time on that. <laughs> yeah. it'll, it'll do everything that you need it to. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that was a good uh, question, Tana. Uh, hope, give, us, get us, give us some feedback. We'd like a little, little bit more what you're trying to do. And maybe we can help you out even further. Yeah, shoot us a message. I will, you know, answer any questions that you have. All right. What's next up? Jack Thornton. Yeah, so we got a question here from Jack Thornton, Jack Thornton 98 on Instagram. I think he's out in Australia. I'm not sure. Hey, wow. mate. If you, uh, if you, if you leave a question <laughs> on, uh, on Instagram, uh, give us your name and, and your location so we'll, you know, we can uh, tell everybody where you're from because I can't always find out from looking at your profile. Um, so Jack says, do you have a future business plan to grow or maintain current production size? If so, what is the next big step towards growth? Hmm. That's a good question. It's a good question for us. It's a good question for, I think the younger, uh, partners in the business. <laughs> do I, <laughs> well, I, I don't mean it I to be, I'm included. No, you know, you, I mean, you got to understand what I'm trying to say is that right now I'm not thinking, yes. So I want the, the, the business to grow. Yes, I do. Uh, will I see it within my lifetime? Uh, not that I'm, I'm going to pass away, but I'm getting old. I want to get uh, start to retire soon. But you want to enjoy that pension that's waiting. Exactly. Home. Exactly. No pension here. Sorry. So <laughs> for me, I'm not looking to that, that future. Uh, if what the next step is towards growth, that depends. I mean, right now with the COVID-19 crap that's going on right now, businesses are so screwed up. Uh, customers are screwed up. They don't know what they want. They don't want you in the house. So it's hard to say what growth's going to be like over the next year. Uh, hopefully it's going to pick up. I, well, not hopefully. I believe it's going to pick up. but. I don't know what are as even if the question as far as maintaining current production size, I think we do fairly well for what we have oh, yeah. right now. Yeah. Uh, if we got a real, real big job, we might have to look into expanding uh, the shop. But I don't see it happening in the next year or two. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I don't. I'm sorry, guys. I don't plan on being around. <laughs> <laughs> well, you might be able to fast track it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, 
I would love to see in maybe 10 years, you know, having some employees and being able to, to teach some people, you know, how to be a woodworker and, and have a company that treats the employees well. Uh, I look to sort of like Thomas Moser, places like that, where yeah. they build a very high quality product and they employ people gainfully because most of the, you know, cabinet type <laughs> production that's going on and furniture is low wage, just Rope, grunt, sort of, sort of yeah. grunt work. Um, so I'd love to see that. I think the the biggest step would just to be that busy. I mean, we're not turning away work like crazy where we need to bring someone in. You know, bringing in an employee is a big, the big step for a company. Yes. Yeah. It's a lot simpler when it's just three partners or one or one guy, whatever. Uh, we're not paying the uh, insurance. insurance and taxes and everything that's associated with a, having yeah. an employee. Not to mention you have to manage an employee. You have to yeah. make sure that they're doing their job properly. You have to train them, which takes you away from what you're doing. You have to make sure that you find someone you can trust. So it's, uh, it's definitely a, a big step. I hope that one day... We're that busy where we can bring some people in, but oh yeah, um, it's it's a good question, not just for us, but for any small business because uh, that's where a lot of small businesses fail is uh, growing improperly, growing too fast, not making the right decisions in you know investment, whether that's in you know tooling, mm -hmm. infrastructure, leasing a building, um, so. We have any future plans to grow? I I would say for the near future, we're as Rich alluded to, we're just looking to maintain where we are during this crisis, and fortunately we have. And I'm expecting there to be a bit of a a mini boom by the time this yeah. really starts to uh, ebb a bit. You know, maybe that'd be nice. The next summer, probably yeah. 2021 summer. Uh, that's a that's a good time of year as well for our business. Um, so maintain current production size. That's that's kind of the same thing. Um, yeah, I mean, I think if you have a business and you don't have a plan to grow, yeah, then it, you know the idea of a business is to progress and grow. Right. Am I right? I mean, yeah. Even though we haven't physically been growing, we do evolve. Which yeah, is, growth isn't necessarily growing the size of the company, but yeah. like just doing this podcast. Oh yeah. That's, right. Reinvesting exactly in the company. It. I mean, Hey, we could pay ourselves a lot more if we didn't upgrade. <laughs> I mean, we're constantly <laughs> upgrading the shop. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's important. It, it, that's, that's growing the company. Yeah. Yeah. Because the next job is going to be 2% easier. Yeah. Then the next job after that's going to be 2% the easier. The company's healthy and yeah. we're healthy. Um, so we, we tend to take it, uh, you know, a day, a week at a time. We do talk about it all the time. So I think that's important. Uh, we may not have anything formalized, but it, it's certainly on our minds all the time. What can we do to be better? And if that involves growing, if that involves changing, that's always uh, something for us. And we, we look at it as an opportunity. Yeah, you have to be flexible. And yeah. So any of you guys out there want to take my spot, uh, send me your resume. And for a small fee. We have a waiting list. Yeah. For a small fee, I'll uh, see if I can. There literally is a waiting can, list. You telling me something now? 
Oh, we hear it all the time. People people show up and they say, "Oh man, I what? wish I could work here." Yeah, they they usually ask how old Rich is. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to be pushed out the door. <laughs> good so, to have, good to have friends, isn't it? Big yeah. shoes to fill. So what this this next question really comes? I mean, oh, this is yeah. this has been a, a very unusual uh, bit of uh, interest. Yeah, us. I'll let you take this one because right. this is your department. Well. The question from Makovian, who's uh, known as Quarter Song Weekend on Instagram, he asks, what's your favorite Afrobeat track? Um, which So we get these, yeah. I get this question from time to time, because I'll post stories on Instagram and you know people hear the Afrobeat music in the background. And surprisingly enough, I've had a bunch of people reach out and, <laughs> yeah. and comment. Which I didn't even know what Afrobeat was until I met Rob. So there's, I mean, there's a lot of Afrobeat that plays in the shop. Yeah, yeah, we 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 have uh, Pandora on a you know a channel that circulates. We got Clutch and yeah. uh, some typical rock and roll. A lot of Afrobeat, a lot of soul R and B. Once in a while, one of Rich's tunes by Brett will come on, <laughs> and if he's not around, we'll skip it. <laughs> <laughs> so, but so for the uninitiated Afrobeat, what is it? It's um, it's a mixture of uh, West African, primarily Nigerian, uh, indigenous music mixed with American funk, soul, R and B type of grooves. Um, everybody knows who James Brown is. He's the godfather of soul. JB. Yeah, and so his equivalent, his equal in in every sense. Would be Fela Kuti, who's uh, he's passed now, but he's Nigerian and he's the godfather, the father, and the son of Afrobeat, uh, and he's he's got a great message. Uh, Afrobeat's filled with a lot of political message, at least it was, you know, when it started out. Pretty apropos. Yes, and so it's it's pretty timely music. Um, my favorite track. Uh, by Fela Kuti would be the uh, Kalakuta show, and oh, yeah, it's a, it's a group. I know. Well, you could look it up. And a band called Afro Diz does a. It's a remake. It's a little slightly different, and it's really powerful. And for whatever reason, they call it the Kalaruta show with an mm. R instead of a second K. Um, I advise everybody to check that out. Afro Diz plays. Kalakuta <laughs> show <laughs> and the father Fela Kalakuta show so Jack yeah. may have one yeah now. I mean I'd say that I'm not a I'm not an Afrobeat buff by any means no no because uh, we hear it a lot yeah I, I hear a, a good bit here and I, I have some Fela Kuti on my phone yeah um, I'm gonna say just like that yeah. shout out to our buddy Manny <laughs> Just like that. Yeah. Just like that. Signoli sings too in the song. Just like that. For, yeah, it's about a. I'm gonna say what? 18 minute long song. It's a good one though. Yeah, that that's the other thing. You know, a lot It'll of get these in your songs head. are very very long. Yeah, could be 20 minute long. Yeah, I mean, just like that will be in your head for the entire day. It's in my head right now. Just like that. You got anything like to that. add there, Rich? Uh, no, you lost me on Fav when you started with Favro Afrobeat because uh, I wasn't even paying attention to what the hell you're saying. Uh, it's you know what? It I listen to anything that's being played in the shop, 
Rich is a good sport. You can't complain. I like different type of music and all that. I mean, I, I, I laugh when I, I got to hear this 20-minute song about who shot his uh, mama. They pushed and, her out uh, a window. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let's get the story yeah. straight. Yeah. <laughs> good story, yes. And just like that. So it, we kind of joke about it. Oh, or when we run over and uh, crank up like a Rage Against the Machine yeah. song. Yeah. yeah. Get a lot of Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> tool. A lot of Tool. James yeah. Brown. Uh, Steely Dan. <laughs> what else? The Bread Comes On. Yeah. What were the songs that came on yesterday? Oh, there was Jim Croce yeah. and Loggins and Messina. Log- yeah. Rich happened to be out of the shop. We were like, what? It's like the- a, a block of six songs <laughs> came on. <laughs> And now really, I'm in the shop. I hear the Afrobeat. Yeah, yeah. it really rage, brought us down, didn't it? Rage yeah. Against the Machine at eleven. <laughs> yeah, we do have a really loud sound system. Here. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> For a small shop, I mean, it's <laughs> the windows will pump. <laughs> yeah, it's more than some like bars have that have live music. <laughs> So, hey, I want to especially thank Makovian yeah, for that. And question. what's your favorite Afrobeat song? Yeah, yeah, let us know. Yeah. Send us something that'll, you know, turn us on to some new tunes. Yeah. I'm sure they'll be long. <laughs> Actually, another one of my favorites is that Ikebe Shakedown. Yeah, that yeah. Band. So that's yeah. like an instrumental sort of Afrobeat fusion kind of band. Yeah, there are a lot of younger bands that influenced by Afrobeat yeah. that play sort of like a neo version of it and they're great they're great yeah i'm a big fan of those new newer bands that are are playing music influenced by sort yeah, of older yeah. stuff because I, I like the high fidelity kind of <laughs> audio stuff like that <laughs> i have no more comments we could do a whole podcast on Afro. that's right at least we didn't bring guinness to the party this that's time. True. Oh, yeah that's true <laughs> All right, we got this next one. This is from our buddy Tim. He's in New Jersey, too, down South Jersey. True Trade Carpentry on Instagram. Uh, He does amazing work, so check him out. He asks, how do you start... Oh, wait. You skipped one. Sorry, sorry. I have these questions are squished together. Uh, Tim was the last question, but we'll skip to him now. He says, why are you here? He's referencing Instagram. Just for the likes, or are you here to network? From Tim. Well... You guys aren't really. I mean, you guys are on Instagram, yeah, but not not heavily. No, like me. We're not. So I don't know if you guys can likes. weigh in. I sure can. Yes, I can. So I like it. You like? You're in for the likes. Oh yeah, I'm in for the likes. Yeah. I would say I'm in for the chicks, but I can't. <laughs> well, who's well, I wouldn't pension? have. I wouldn't have a fat pension to uh, <laughs> fall back on. Yeah. But no, it, it's it's nice that you get recognition. Uh, from what you do, whether it's pictures, whether it's the podcast, it's nice that that people like what we do. And we don't do it just for the likes. No, it's I do it for the t-shirts, but I haven't gotten any. How's that working yet. out for you? Uh, you got one from U.S. Abrasives, but we had to yes. buy like three hundred dollars worth of sandpaper for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that but we we are here. That's a lot of sandpaper. <laughs> we are here to network. We're, yeah. we're here to give people a little bit of knowledge of what it's like to run a small cabinet shop and i think we're having a good time we're definitely having a good time doing it i'm having a lot of fun and i'm getting to learn how to use instagram and and all that other fancy you're doing better than rob yeah i I fell off i fell off the the branch i jeff urged me to get involved i even uh, put the app on my phone and everything like that but um i just found i didn't have anything to say uh that's that's pretty funny it is um 
But I, I think I, I think I overthought it yeah. more than anything. Really, I'm in it completely for for networking. Yeah. Just to just to put our name out there, um, because there's really no better place right now than being on social media as far as getting the word out about who you are and what you do. Um, for better or worse. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if there is, I have no idea what it is. Because yeah, and I, I'll tell you this: before I started trying to do it, I didn't realize how much work it is. Now, Jeff, before he speaks about it, I'll just say for Rich and I, we are quite thankful that we have him on board to do this because it's a tremendous amount of work, and and that's one of the beauties of having. You know, the three of us and the varied skill set, you know, like one of the things that I'll do is I'll carve out the initial design of something. A client will, there's a sketch on a napkin, even a designer, they're, they're pretty primitive most of the time. And I'll bust it out in SketchUp just so we could get a, an idea what it is. And then we can kind of discuss what kind of cost is attached yeah. to the job. So that's kind of my thing. And Jeff's Definitely, he handles all the technical stuff for the podcast. The purchasing. All, yeah, all the Instagram stuff. And we try and pitch in, but it, it's really his thing. He He's responsible for getting our name out there. I go to the store a lot. Um, yeah. Right. Pick up lunch, <laughs> pick up pretzels, peanuts. Rich is the runner, that's for sure. <laughs> you like going to Home Depot. Yeah. I, I like to socialize. That's the other thing. Jeff and I, you can't pay us to, to leave the yeah, shop. No. You just can't. <laughs> Don't even try me on the weekend because I'm not going anywhere. I'm I have there. to get some air. Not we, me. This is about as much air as I can get. We don't go anywhere. Uh -uh. Two miles to the shop and two miles That's home. It. We we went to see. Uh, we had to go look at something at six o'clock the other night. Oh yeah. And so I could tell Jeff didn't want to go. So I said, "I'll go with you." He said, "You're gonna go somewhere at six o'clock." <laughs> Yeah, unless it's a uh, band practice. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I'm assuming you're staying home. <laughs> that's the truth. That's yeah. that's really how it goes. I'm the same way. After work, I'm I, <laughs> I give it 100 percent at work every day. I, I don't yeah. have anything left when I get home. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I sat down with the computer last night to uh, edit the little video I put up last night, and I mean my eyes are glazing over. It's only 7:30 mm -hmm. at night. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. No, it working the computer this morning. I did the flyer, and it's. It wears you out in a different kind of way. We're used to physical work. We're yeah. used to standing. We're used to lifting and bending and all that stuff. Sitting in one spot is rough on yeah, us. Yeah, mental work is, is, is more of a... It's more of a stress <laughs> than building something. We should add that Rich does all of our books. He keeps oh, the yeah. records for everything, which is another super time-consuming thing. Yeah. we Jeff and I were here. We were looking for something. It's like, maybe it's in that file. We all have the file. It's like... Two feet deep with all these records. And he's like, did you know we did all this? Yeah, it's a lot of work. Everything's a lot of work. So back, you know, all the way around to this. Uh, if you're done, we could segue into the uh, the last question. Oh, well, yeah. No, I didn't even talk about yeah. uh, what I'm here for. Yeah. So I'll, I'll say. The chicks. <laughs> no. I think I first got into Instagram because. There was like a lot of giveaways and stuff. Now this is going back probably. I that. And you were um, always winning too. Yeah, three or four years. I won a bunch of stuff. I won Toolaholics like forty thousand giveaway. Won the Festival Domino. 
uh i mean a bunch of t-shirts stuff like that i wore won a pair of boots from yeah from uh five fuse the the drywall company he was always coming in with something so, yeah he won a bunch of stuff um so i think that's why i originally got in this like predates green street by years and then um when i started green street first i started rob's page when rob went uh you know got uh laid off is that what we're calling it yeah from, from that toms was, that was sort of like a um a preface to us yeah, yeah yeah so i started it for barone woodwork and uh which then that account just changed names over to green street um so no at that point i wasn't in it for likes i was in it for networking i when we started this company i must have cold messaged well over <laughs> a thousand designers builders architects yeah um and I don't think we got any work out of it. No, no, we got a few bids, but it, they but at least people real. started to know who we were. Um, so I got in it for Green Street for networking with clients. Now, uh, we use it for networking with other furniture makers, cabinet makers. Uh, I know some of you are listening right now. I've reached out to for advice. You've reached out to us. You know, we had a uh, a situation where. What was it with the slides? We wanted to use the uh, tip-on, are they called? Mm -hmm. The bloom slides yeah. that you push and they open up. Um, but we make three-quarter-inch drawer boxes. Well, they don't make the tip-on attachment for three-quarter-inch drawer boxes. So We didn't know that. I pose a question on Instagram. Yeah. I get feedback from three, four guys about yeah. how to fix the problem. So it's a great resource. Yeah. And that's what Tim's getting at because he, um, I think it was in, in regards to the TS-75 he just bought. You know, he was asking a bunch of guys their opinion and... You know, it's a great resource to get information. Guys like Tanner, you're just getting into woodworking. Reach out to some of those big accounts that you follow and, and ask. Yeah. Most of the times, people are very receptive. And yeah, there's no such thing as a stupid question. No, you know? just stupid don't people. Be afraid. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Don't be afraid to ask anything. <laughs> I do it all the time. <laughs> there's usually at least one nice guy or girl at, at one of these accounts that will, yeah, that will yeah. treat you. You know, with some respect. And you reach out to accounts that have 200, 300,000 plus followers. They'll get back to you. A lot of times they do. Yeah. yeah. And if they don't, well, then maybe they're not worth following, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, we're in it for the networking. Yeah. The okay. likes are nice, too. <laughs> but Plus, we got we got a lot of business from Instagram. I mean, yeah. That's bulk of our business coming in now yeah. has been from it's Instagram. It's definitely shifted. It used to so be... People would find you on the web. It'd yeah. be sort of like yeah. the old phone book, so to speak, for those old enough to remember. And look, they see was. your truck passing by, and they remember the yeah. name of yeah. the uh, company on the truck. But that's you, you don't see that anymore. No. Yeah, I mean, looking at our Google Analytics, we get um, a couple dozen, well, maybe more, less than a hundred, I'd say, uh, web. It's like from, a cold hit, yeah, or a direct search, but from like Google itself. We're getting probably about 100 people a month going directly to the website from Google or to our uh, Google listing where they can get the phone number, the address, all that stuff. But um, Instagram allows you to reach people all over the place. Yeah. You you can reach them versus them trying to reach yeah. you. It's it's great. It gives yeah. us a voice. And it's free for the most part. Yeah. You just you have to put in the work. Yeah. Good question. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good question. Yeah. Pull that, pull that answer up into the last question there because it kind of fits, right? Uh, yeah, a little bit. 
So this is from uh, Nathan. He's stock.woods on Instagram. How do you start a cabinet business with little to no experience? Now, that's a pretty vague, vague question because we don't really know what your goals are and and what your experience level is, or if this is just a broad question, you just yeah, pick you, our minds. You need to define experience. Uh, business know experience? It, yeah, business woodwork. experience, woodworking experience. Yeah, I mean, I'd say that if you have no cabinet experience, then no, you shouldn't um, try and start a business. Yes. I'd say that you need to go out and find a job in the industry and gain some yes. experience. Especially if you're young, you, you can find a job in some cabinet shops. You'll be the bottom man on the, on the totem pole, but... Uh, you'll gain some good experience and you'll be in companies where you'll learn something and you'll be in companies where you're not going to learn a damn thing. And those are the companies you leave and go on to the next one. You learn so, what yeah. you don't like. Exactly. Too. exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's kind of the way I try to approach everything is you go somewhere, you learn everything you can when you're not learning anything else, you move on to somewhere else. And you, that's how you progress up the ladders. You, yeah. you need to keep learning. So the, the biggest, basically, Let's answer this as what can you do to prepare yourself to start a cabinet business? Keep learning. Learn everything that you can yeah. and try and do as much of it as you can. And, and nowadays it's so uh, available. Oh, yeah. YouTube, you do so much stuff. When, when Rich and I started, it, it was like a library card. And <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah. A library card and watching Norm Abrams build a bookcase on... Uh, New Yankee Workshop, and yep. that was back when it was, you know, a very low-key kind of show, mm -hmm. and I would literally buy the tool that he used because I didn't know any better. I said, well, if, if he can do it with that tool, and if I'm looking for a router, well, then that's the one I'm going to get because... That's before, yeah, you know, paid sponsorships. Yeah, this was still PBS. Right. Norm was saying that because he believed it. He wasn't saying it because they sent, you know, because Ryobi sent him a free router. He wasn't No, they it. would yeah. even have black tape and yeah, things yeah. like that over the labels. Yep. They weren't sponsored. The only sponsor they had in the old, old days was Delta. Mm -hmm. um, That's true. Yeah. So be wary of what sort of um, information you're consuming because you need to make yeah. sure it's coming from someone that's genuine. Yeah, and, and I, I actually met Norm, and he's more genuine than you might even imagine someone could be. He's super guy. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess I'll, I'll pitch in a few cents worth, too, as well. If you're start, trying to start a business that you don't have any experience in, um, that sounds pretty risky to begin with. And then, um, you know, a cabinet business, if you're talking about something that, that's similar to what we do, which is actually building, designing and building, that requires, you know, skill set that these guys were talking about building. If you mean a cabinet business where you open a, a showroom and sell things, that's sort of like a retail business. Right. I'm assuming you don't mean that. Um, well, yeah, there, there's no shortcut. There's just no shortcut. That, Rich, how long you been doing this? I've been doing it a long time. I mean, yeah. when I first started out, I used to just build shelves and little knick-knack type of furniture. Mm -hmm. Then I used to go to craft shows. And yeah. that, that's the way I got started. I was going to say, you know, uh, Nathan, if you, let's say you have a nine to five and you, you, um, you do, you've done some stuff around the house or you do woodworking as a hobby and you want to start a business. Well, now is the time to start preparing yourself by you know, actively making things and selling them and practicing 
that's the way you build yourself up to start a business. Is yeah. Don't don't leave your day job yeah, exactly. and dive head first because it's a bad idea. Yeah. Um, even with an, the immense skill set that we have, it's still not an easy business. No, no, you're right. Um, and an extremely well-equipped shop, um, good suppliers where we can get material for a fair price, a good list of clients. I mean, it's not it's not easy. And a lot of support outside the company. We yeah. know a lot of people that could help us out in a pinch, mm -hmm. whether that's putting on a finish or welding something for us. Um, we had to call out to get some things CNC'd, yep. that artwork, um, but because that's something that everybody should do. Yeah, Timber Talent on uh, Instagram, guy. Yeah. Kind of down by Rich and uh, Manasquan, did some CNC work for us. So did, did we answer or did we just sort of say, you're crazy, Nathan? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I'd say how to is to, uh, you got to grow yourself to the point of, of it being financially viable. viable. Yeah. 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 So there's, there's the two sides of it. I mean, to be financially viable, he does have to have a certain skill set and then be able to market that skill set. Yeah. Or it. You got a wife with a fat pension at home, Nathan? Exactly. That would, that would help. Go for it. That was the answer we were really looking for in Rich's <laughs> origin story. I, I, I don't want to get in trouble with my I, wife anymore. I, I tell you, <laughs> uh, just a little quick bit of uh, sunshine, a little ray of hope for you, Nathan. That's almost the way I started just by default. I moved out here to New Jersey 20 years ago. I had probably a 20-year-long history as a hobbyist, but never ever thought about starting a business because it seemed quite unimaginable to be able to do it. But I was a, a school teacher and it was summer. I was in between jobs and I was in the middle of our house here is about 120 years old. I was in the midst of fixing things up. And I said, you know what? I got tools. I got the space. I'm just going to put a sign in my front yard. <laughs> and lo and behold <laughs> that was yeah. almost 20 years ago um i'll say that although i lacked business experience and real professional woodworking experience that i had to push myself daily as a challenge what i did have was a was a big uh boost in the design department you know i was yeah. an artist i had a background in architecture and design um so that enabled me to you know, win jobs. Um, so maybe you have some side, kind of hook there, Nathan, yeah. besides woodworking. Yeah, I'd say take it on as a side gig until you're too busy that you can't handle it and then think about making the move if that's what you yeah. really want to do. Yeah. But but weigh the options because some people like to do things as a hobby and then oh yeah, it's not, um, it's not you necessarily glamorous. as a career. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you have to build things sometimes that, you know, you wouldn't necessarily like to put in your own home or right yeah uh, I, you guys know the line you know oh it's his passion <laughs> his passion is cabinet making i yeah. said it's an inside story i can't explain the whole thing but just because you're passionate about doing this doesn't mean that it's necessarily right for you so you really got to think about it well that you're capable right so good luck yeah, yeah, good, good luck, luck, Nathan. Nathan. Yeah. Let us keep in touch with us. Let us yeah, know let how us it's know going. How it yeah, if you have more specifics, let us know. We'll uh, definitely answer. All right. Well, that leaves that us to us. Uh, the closing. I mean, the the thoughts on the beer of the week. Yeah. And so uh, we're almost almost time to 
Say goodbye. goodbye yeah. Wow, yeah. I'm getting a little sad about that. Yeah, uh, it's getting so, hot in here, so I'm yeah. yeah. Turn the air conditioner shit. back on. It's it's the Allagash white well, Belgian you, you style can, wheat beer. What it was do, good. What do you think, guys? You last. I'm last. Shush. Good, good beer. Um, great for a day like today. It was pretty warm for October. Yeah, we were kind of sweating out there during lunch. And we have to turn the AC off for the cast. Yeah, yeah, because you get all that noise in the background. Uh, I noticed we all finished like uh, about halfway through, so I think I think everybody liked <laughs> That's it. The first time I think <laughs> it's good. I'm not the biggest fan of wheat beers, um, but it was good. I like it. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I I really think this would make a great T-shirt too. Yeah. Uh, just saying. And I'm the, yeah again, you know, I, I, where I come from, I'm used to just the old fashioned beers. But every once in a while, I like to uh, splurge, and this wasn't that bad at all. I'd have this again. Yeah. With a good pretzel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this, this was right up my alley. It's a good cooking beer. Yeah, it was very crisp. I thought on the label here it says has some citrus and spice, specifically coriander and curacao orange peel. Yeah, it's very traditional in that yeah, style of beer. Yeah. It, it wasn't overpowering at all. It seemed. So this is like if you've ever had Blue Moon, this is like a not yeah. not bad version of that. Yeah, Blue Moon is like a knock you know knock off of this, or this is like an American interpretation of a you know a Belgian. I thought like it was it pretty Belgian good. Style beer. I thought it was real good. Yeah, Allagash White Belgian style wheat beer. Yep. I think we're gonna have to start buying six packs instead of four packs. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and it becomes a four. Just saying. <laughs> so what? Three thumbs up for the alligator. Yes, yeah, so yeah. I give it a thumbs up. Again, right. I, I the shirts would be beautiful. I don't even know if they've got any social media. What oh yeah, they do. Alligash is a big. It's oh a yeah, they, yeah. Come on, Allagash. Allagash.com. Maybe you're out there listening. Yeah, we put a link in the uh, description of the YouTube exactly uh, page. All right, so I guess that's it. Our closing remarks. Do like, we have anything to do with the giveaway? Are we going to go over that today, or well, we yeah, you know that? what? We'll talk about it. We're ha we're having a little giveaway, and uh, Jeff's reaching out there. We we went through our tools, like he said. We've outgrown some of the things. We've we've just sort of pulled out some stuff and. Hey, that's my tool. No, that's mine. <laughs> You know, these are things that we used up until just recently. So um, they're they're strong tools, and we so want to give away something. So Nathan, there's there's a there's a start for you there. Yeah, stacking it up. It's like a Christmas morning over here. For those out on the out on the airwaves, just on the audio, uh, we got a bench plane. Block plane, block chisels. Yeah, yeah. Burn so shirt. we haven't we haven't cleaned any of this up. It's all dusty, and but we'll you know we'll blow everything off and make sure they're you know in working order, which they are. We've been using them. Um, we have a English made Stanley number no. four with a lacewood handle. You might have seen I made for that. Uh, a record English made block plane. We had the set of four Stanley Sweetheart seven fifties. Card scraper with a burnisher. We have a Veritas Mark One honing guide. The uh, DMT diamond. I guess they call it medium fine and extra fine and coarse stone. And I have the little holder for the stones over there. We might find some other stuff that we have. Yeah, but that's throw in there, definitely but... the foundation of it. Yeah. Four chisels, two planes, 
sharpening system. So well, how is this gateway going to work? How is this? Well, that I haven't actually decided. Okay. Yeah. But this is... Shirts would help. <laughs> if you have shirts, you, you don't need bribed? this. <laughs> no, I'm not saying that. We'll probably do something. Uh, we'll announce next week how to enter, but yes, it'll be it'll something. It'll be everything will be legit. Yeah, yeah. via Instagram. Excuse me, via Instagram. So we're going to have a drawing is what you're saying. Yeah, you'll yeah, enter like and then we'll pick, uh, you know, we'll randomly pick the winner. All right. So it's going to be a random drawing yeah. for those that enter. Uh, we'll uh, we'll cover shipping in the U.S., but if you're international, you want to enter. Um, we'll have to see what the shipping is. Maybe you cover the shipping and because yeah. it's pretty heavy. It's going to get expensive. <laughs> yeah. No, and us, there'll be several other items to yeah. add it in. We are a, we're pretty good. Uh, Pretty nice. Yeah. So I, I don't want to close it off to international people. Um, no, I, definitely I know, not. Yeah. yeah. I know a lot of giveaways are for the uh, lower forty-eight only, um, but we'll keep it open and we'll we'll talk about working out shipping with yeah. somebody if they win. Yeah, that's that's cool. That's yeah. cool. And yeah, we've been using this stuff. I mean, I pulled pulled that right out of my yeah. my bench. I don't. I haven't even gotten a replacement for my little bench plane. Uh, my little block plane. I yet. haven't even set up all of my new chisels <laughs> since uh, since I retired those. Yeah. So. so that's a brand new burnisher. We got that to go with the card scraper. So yeah. that way you can you can actually set up your scraper on the stones, burnish it, you'll be good to go. That's a that's another great tool for a beginner. So Tanner, get us get a scraper and a burnisher and learn how to mm -hmm. use it. Yeah, yeah. We use those you can, every uh, day. You can set them up with a file if you don't have stones. Yeah, it's not that, ideal, but yeah. That's how I usually do it. A quick, quick and dirty file. Yeah, I'm in dirty. Yeah, yeah. Cause I'm I'm, you know, scraping glue and just kind of Yeah. But all right. Yeah. Okay, that's it for the the, uh, the fifth podcast. I hope you guys had a good time listening to us and uh, hope we answered your questions and give us your feedback. Yeah. Tune in next week. Subscribe for another exciting on show. Yeah. And you uh, sponsors out there. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Somebody send something. <laughs> Shut this guy up. <laughs> yeah. Send something to Rich, for God's <laughs> sakes. Not just for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and if you have questions don't wait for uh us to ask you can just you'll send them over yeah, whenever send them yeah. over. don't wait till uh wednesday morning or tuesday night yeah and don't be shy if you want to remain anonymous just let us know yes your right. question is too stupid take care be well out take there. care Bye.